This week on Inside Motorsport, we catch up with what's going on at Wakefield Park and in Formula One. I hope you'll stay with us. from Wakefield Park joins us on the line and Lachlan just a few, two weeks ago now it was in the first round of the New South Wales State Championships and from all reports it was a uh, no holes barred affair with three rollovers over the course of the weekend Yeah, it was pretty action packed weekend, first round of the Champions State Championships that have mentioned a number of most spectacular of which Formula Ford involved rookie driver Andrew Carl to uh, make contact with the back of another competitor, Luke King, on the run into the fish hook. The two cars were battling for the lead at the time, and Carl's car got airborne and flipped a number of times before it came to rest. And amazingly, Andrew Carl was able to get out of the car and walk away without any injuries, which was a real testimony to the safety features and construction of the car. Of course, uh, New South Wales Championship, round number one, plenty of racing across the weekend. There was. So apart from the Formula Fords, we also had Formula V racing over the weekend. They had a big field of cars and some good close racing there. Ryan Reynolds, the Canberra driver, actually took victory in all three of the races in the Vs. We also had the Formula Race Cars, which is a series for wings and slicks cars, including a lot of superseded Formula 3 cars. Great debut performance from Nick Filippetto, driving for AGI Sport. He took the round win in that category. We also had improved production over and under two later. Super Sports and Super Karts on the program over the weekend. And, of course, uh, Wakefield Park, plenty of racing going on over the next couple of weeks as well. There is. We've got round number two of the Motor Racing Australian Series coming up this weekend, in fact, which features a couple of very affordable and entertaining one-make series in the Pulsar Challenge and the XL Racing Championship Series. So both of them have got big sales of cars and should be very close competitive racing in both of those series. The XL Racing Series, I take it, is from the old Hyundai XL. Where did the Pulsar cars come from? So the Pulsar Challenge cars are Nissan Pulsars from the mid to late 1990s. They all run the two-litre engine, um, very tightly controlled specifications. And one of the things that we've seen is HQ Holden's always used to be the most popular um, as far as an affordable entry level into motorsport went. But as the HQs have become older, the spare parts have become harder to get and a lot more expensive with both the Hyundai XLs and the Nissan Pulsars. The cars being newer models, there's a lot more of them around. Um, so parts are a lot more readily available and affordable. Mm, all right. Well, interesting that your sister circuit down there at Winton also has had a few big meetings lately, but you're focus is certainly gearing up on uh, what is it late next month for the v8 supercars return yeah v8 supercar super sprint coming up at winton on the 15th 16th and 17th of may we've got a few weeks breakdown at winton to get ready for that race meeting and you're right it's all pretty much geared towards getting ready for the v8s now that's um certainly the most labor intensive event that we have at winton over the course of the year Mm. Well, also, we have uh, Formula One and 
your uh, great interest there. How have you seen the championship since they've certainly left Australia, which was the last time we spoke? Yeah, well, we've had three rounds since then, haven't we? We've had the Malaysian Grand Prix, the Chinese Grand Prix, and most recently the Bahrain Grand Prix. And I think last time I spoke to you, I was sort of a bit doom and gloom, wasn't I? I said that I didn't think it was going to be a particularly exciting season and that Mercedes looks pretty much unstoppable. Well, I probably have to make a correction to that now because in the last couple of rounds, Ferrari have given them a real run for their money. Yes, Mercedes are still the best in terms of outright pace, especially in qualifying, but over a race distance, Ferrari have been able to match them with them, and we saw Sebastian Vettel taking a race victory at the Malaysian Grand Prix, and then at the Bahrain Grand Prix, Kimi Raikkonen was able to finish second, um, not very far behind Lewis Hamilton. So Mercedes still the benchmark, but Ferrari pretty close to them. Ferrari's ability to have tyres under certain circumstances last longer than the Mercedes. Yeah, that's right. The Ferrari strength is its ability to look after its tyres in warmer weather conditions like what we had in Malaysia and also to a lesser extent in Bahrain. In Malaysia as well, Mercedes tripped over themselves a bit with race strategy, which enabled Vettel to take the win. But um, I think that once we get into the European part of the season, the temperature's generally a bit cooler. It might just work back to Mercedes' advantage again. But um, looking down through the other teams, Williams don't seem to be as strong compared to Mercedes as what they were last year. Last year, they were probably the, the second-best team in speed behind Mercedes, this year, they've been well and truly overtaken by Ferrari and Red Bull. Well, Daniel Ricciardo is doing the absolute best he can with what he's got, but unfortunately, the Renault power plant is anything but competitive against the Mercedes and the Ferrari power units this season. Yes, certainly. There's been a, a war of words going on in Formula One circles uh, for, between, firstly, Red Bull and Renault, and then also a uh, war of words between Helmut Markel, who owns Red Bull, saying we might just take our bat and ball and go and play in other motorsport fields. And, of course, his links with Mark Webber, the personal relationship they have, you would think, well, if they packed up out of Formula One, which is unlikely, you'd expect to see a Porsche uh, factory team that has a lot more Red Bull on it. Quite possibly. Um, that's theorising a bit further down the track, though. I'm still not convinced that Red Bull would exit Formula One completely, given the investment they've put into two separate race teams, their main team and then their secondary Toro Rosso team. But, uh, yeah, the other intriguing discussions that have been going on in the background have been those between Christian Horner, the Red Bull racing team principal, and Renault, who was flying the engines. And that has become in recent events, actually quite public, uh, Horner's dissatisfaction with the job that Renault were doing. Um, and it's not a great sign, you have to say, that um, the teams were only allocated four engines for the entire season, although that restriction's now been lifted to five. But Daniel Ricciardo's already used up three of those engines because he blew up another one at Bahrain. So um, in terms of both performance and reliability, they're struggling at Renault. Mm. And Renault have also uh, fired a few salvos back saying, well, we might just buy our own team and start running our own team. And, you know, perhaps Toro Rosso is the uh, team they might buy, which would really then stir up the uh, hornet's nest. It's it's quite crazy the way these uh, discussions are going on. And then you have Bernie Eccleston coming out, uh, Lockie, and saying, well, Bill, speak to... Um, 
Tito Wolf because Mercedes runs Formula One. And Bernie Engelson also said that if Audi decide they want to get into Formula One and they don't want Bernie Eggleston running it, then they'll walk away for the, the good of the sport, which I, I thought was a very interesting statement that was reported in the press today. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the, the whole political situation in Formula One, there's some interesting power plays going on in the background, that's mm. for sure. And whilst Mercedes has got the car and is certainly the one, still the pack leader, it's not too smooth at Mercedes with, after the Chinese Grand Prix, Nico Rosberg complaining that Lewis Hamilton was deliberately uh, out on the racetrack affecting his race. The accusation that was made by Nico Rosberg was that Lewis Hamilton deliberately slowed down um, to conserve his tyres and to impede Rosberg and bring Sebastian Vettel into the equation. So um, still you'd have to say that the relationship between Rosberg and Hamilton as, as tense. Obviously, there was the incident between the two of them at the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa last year. Um, and this year, Rosberg certainly hasn't been anywhere near as threatening to Hamilton in terms of race results as what he was last year. So in terms of psychological battle between the two Mercedes drivers, you'd have to say that Hamilton's well and truly on top of that at the moment. Well, Lockie, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and look forward to speaking to you again on Inside Motorsport. Cheers, Craig. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.